Hello everyone and welcome to More Than Medical Students, the podcast that brings together medical students from all over the world to celebrate our community and everything that we achieve in and outside medical school. In this podcast, we have interviewed medical students from all walks of life, different exciting projects, hobbies and passions, from entrepreneurs to authors, researchers to content creators and more. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. If you're not new and you've listened to some episodes before, welcome back and I hope that you enjoyed this new episode that we have today. Before we start, just a little word from me. My name is Marianne and I'm your host. I have a page on Instagram called Marianne Does Medicine and I don't know if you guys have checked it out yet, but on there I share things about my day-to-day life as a doctor, but also tips for medical students and new doctors. There's so many tips on my page on so many different aspects of being a medical student, from revision tips to work-life balance tips to simply tips on how to have fun at university as well. So I really recommend you guys check this out. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of More Than Medical Students. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Abdullah. Abdullah, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you want to start by introducing yourself, everyone who's listening? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Abdullah. I'm a third year medical student at the University of Leicester. And I run a blog called uh, More to a Medic, which is quite fitting for the podcast. Yes, I love it. It's perfect. (laughs) That's why I was very excited to have you on the show today. I think throughout the episode you're going to tell us a little bit about your blog, if you want, and everything like that. But do you want to start by telling us how's my school been so far and how you're finding it? Yeah, so with it being mid-September, I've just started phase two as I've entered year three. To summarise phase one, I'd say it was was quite unexpected, to be honest. Um, Coming from a background where everything is kind of straightforward and handed to you on a plate essentially you just kind of have to show up and teachers kind of tell you what to do I had a different perspective of what I thought med school would have been but when I did go into phase one I definitely found myself a bit lost in the deep end and trying to struggling a bit of how to navigate my way around and find out what best works for me because it definitely seemed as if everyone was sort of pulling ahead and I was sort of left behind trying to figure out how to do my own thing and eventually as as always you find your own path and you find out what works best for you and everything works out in the end but it was definitely a lot of figuring things out but overall it was definitely really really fun um made loads of good friends live in a now live in a house with like all my best friends Leicester do a quite traditional phase one where it's lectures every day we also Mm. have group work and full body dissections we also have something called very early, early clinical experience where we were actually placed on the wards within the first month of, med- of medical school. So it was really nice to get an idea of what that life would look like. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's very good to have early clinical contact, I think. Although being in the hospital as a first year is quite, is quite daunting, I think it's good just to get used yeah. to that environment and that learning. Yeah, that, that way of learning as well, because it's true. Otherwise, you might have a bit of a 
shock when you enter 23 years. Um, awesome. And how is it being at university compared to being a student? I think you touched on that already, saying there's a lot more independence, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I'm an, originally from London, and I actually did get an offer from a London university, but I chose to move out um, oh. for many reasons. I wanted to just experience something new. I've, uh, like you said, a lot more independence. And also the uni- I preferred the university curriculum at Leicester in comparison to the certain ones at London. So I thought I'd just take the leap of faith and go for it. And it was definitely something I don't regret. It was one of the best decisions ever because I really do thrive with that independence. I know a lot of people who do get homesick and can't be away from home for too long, which is understandable. I'm not saying I've never been homesick. First year was definitely tough in terms of that. But as you get settled in, find your friends and you find your routine, that independence that you have definitely contributes so much to your growth as a person and as a medical student because you're able to structure your day the way that best works for you. That's great. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I think it might be really useful as well for the people listening who are you know, applying to med school this year and who might get several offers and are trying to think about all the factors to take into account when you choose your, your university because getting several offers is great but sometimes then you don't know where to go so there's definitely lots of things to consider and I'm glad you you've enjoyed your current uni and it seemed to be definitely the right decision for you so what yeah. I'm yeah what I'm remembering from what you said is that um, the things that affected your choice of university were the course and the course structure which is really important because mm-hmm. that's the way you're going to learn so you have to find you know whether that's going to fit your own learning style and your own learning, like, um, as in preferences as well. And then you said, yeah, location as well. Uh, any other factors that you think affected or that other people should think about when they choose their universities? Is that too many yeah, things? Yeah, I think um, you should look, which is something overlooked, it's the city itself. I think everyone's really mm-hmm. focused on the on the med school, the curriculum, how it's structured. You kind of forget that you will be living there for five years. And yeah. you don't want to live in a place where you feel uncomfortable and a bit alienated. Um, and thankfully, Leicester is definitely a place where there's a lot of culture, there's a lot of diversity, and I've never felt like that. But I can imagine myself in certain cities around the UK having felt like that. So, of course, your priority is your education and the, the degree at the end of the day but you don't want to just leave medical school with a degree you want to leave it with an experience and something to look back on for the rest of your life and the best way to do that is by living in a city which you really do enjoy and meeting people just like yourself and the best way to do that is going to visit the city and mm. seeing if it's something that you are comfortable with and are there things to do around that you would enjoy and if not then it's definitely something to look into and don't just focus on the medical school, really look around the medical school as well, because you're really only in the medical school nine to five, yeah. maybe five days a week. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so do you want to tell us when you started writing your blogs or the Instagram? I don't know which one came first. So tell us a bit yeah. about that. Sure. So um, I'm actually a gap year student. So I first applied for medical school in 2020 and I really approached the whole application process with quite a relaxed and nonchalant attitude. I didn't really understand what I was getting myself into because coming from a state school background and and being in an environment where there was only about 
two people, two or three people in the history of my school who ever got into medicine. And those people are now far into their degree. I didn't have a lot of people to contact or influence to gain from where I could speak to them about how it works, what I'm, what am I getting myself into and essentially the, the best tips to succeed in the application process. So when I first applied, it was a big learning curve. It was a big opportunity for me to understand what I was getting myself into. And the first time I applied, I actually got zero offers. I got, and I was declined all before the interview. So I didn't have much work experience. I didn't really understand how much you needed. And I didn't do that well on the UCAT because I was really confused on how to revise. So essentially I wasn't able to achieve any interview offers. And I just thought that I wasn't going to let this put me down because I was entering a space that I wasn't familiar with and I didn't really understand much of, but I didn't want to be too harsh on myself. I thought I'd take the gap year out. This is something I really want to pursue. From what I've seen, it's definitely something that I see myself doing in the future. So what is nine, ten months out to understand that process in comparison to the rest of my life? Because a career in medicine will be for the rest of your life. So I thought, yeah, this is the only thing I really see myself doing right now. So I'm just going to go for it. So I took that year out and that's when I kind of explored my other interests. Whilst I was at school, it's very, you know, especially during sixth form and A-levels, you're, you have so much pressure on you to do well in these exams. If you want to apply to such a demanding course, you have to get really good grades. So you don't have much time to do anything else really. But during my gap year, I definitely had the opportunity to explore a lot of the interests I had sort of hidden away. And I was, I'm a, I'm a big reader. So for, for a really long time, I've always enjoyed reading and I always like make notes and type up things I learned from books and essentially write rough drafts of blogs, but unintentionally. So I first started off with a newsletter, which I would, it's quite funny actually, I sent out the newsletter link to my friends on Snapchat. I had about 10 or 11 subscribers and I'd send those same 10 or 11 people who were just my close friends a newsletter every week for like three, four weeks. Yeah, so everything I was learning from books and everything I kind of already had in my head on, on, on my laptop, I just put into a, into a blog format and sent it out to my close friends every week, which is, seems kind of dumb now and ridiculous, but definitely led on to a lot more And um, looking back on it. So during my gap year, I, I worked on that. So I was essentially just writing every every other day, sending out these new letters every week. From there, I wanted to transfer my writing skills along with my coding skills and essentially create a platform where I can dump all these newsletters into a blog format. I wanted like a, a website or a hub where I can store all my content. And that's when I started to look into web development and coding. And one thing I do want to say when it, when it does come to gap years is I did sit down with myself at the beginning of it and make a, a thorough plan. And within my plan, it was my intention to work on my coding and my web development skills and my writing, et cetera, et cetera, work multiple jobs and the medical school application. Because if you do go into a gap year, not knowing what to do, you're just going to leave the gap year feeling like it was a waste. And you want to make sure that you're productive with your time and that you have a, a realistic plan for yourself. I just want to make that clear because I wasn't just going with the flow. I was, it was very strategic, um, which you kind of have to be during that year because it's kind of your last shot to get into medical school because no one really wants to take two gap years. So I started working on my web development skills and working on basic HTML, CSS, JavaScript. And then I made my first 
ever website. It's still the website I have today, abdulladeem.co.uk, but it was a very like dingy, basic, like it was a white background, just one title and that was pretty much it. And then I started putting my stuff on there. So then I've now told my friends, my I now grew the newsletter to about 15 people because, you know, I added my cousins to it. Um, so now I've told them, hey, I'm on this, I've made this blog now. So you guys can now find all my content on there. And that's kind of the beginning of it. And then from there, I made the Instagram. From the Instagram, I promoted my blog page. And then it kind of shot off when I got into medical school, really. I think at the end of 10 months, I had about 70 to 100 subscribers on the blog, um, which was just friends of friends. Like they were just sending it off to mutual friends, right? That was that. I didn't think much of it. I was just something that I was interested in. I initially thought, hey, it's just something I can put on my CV. Even though I had a really big passion for it and I was writing every single week, I didn't think it'd ever go out to like the world, essentially, um, or for strangers to see. That was never my intention. But it was definitely something that I would have loved. I didn't, I didn't think about how I could get there. So then once I got into medical school, I actually created a UCAT ebook, which is a 30 page ebook with all my notes and my best tips and tricks of how I went from doing really poorly in the UCAT and not getting any offers to getting all my offers. And so then I talked about how I did that, the revision techniques I used and my timetable plan. And then from there, I promoted the ebook on my Instagram and then that's where the blog sort of shot up. So it went from about a hundred subscribers to about 800 within a few months. So I ended up having that growth just by people subscribing to the ebook and really appreciating that ebook because a lot, I did get a lot of students coming back to me saying they were able to achieve an offer because of the tips that I had used and it was free, which was the main thing. And then, yeah, I've, I've created another blog from another, another ebook, which is about the interview process. I now put uh, blogs on my website about everything medical school and everything productivity and everything self-improvement to about 3,000 viewers a week. So it definitely has awesome. grown over the few years, which I'm, which I'm really grateful for. That's so great. Thank you for taking us through that journey because it's really nice to hear um, how it all started and how you developed it, working really hard on it throughout the way. So that's really really appreciate as well that you are creating you know these really good resources for free as well for everyone hmm. and i think coming from your experience of coming from a school where you maybe did not have as much yeah. support as some other schools now helping other students in return so that's really good i really love that and yeah the the blog is great so if anyone who's listening who hasn't checked it out yet obviously i hope you guys head over now to the um, yeah, yeah, if you just go on Instagram at more to a medic, I've got all my links on the on my yeah, page. Yeah. Great. Did you always know you enjoyed writing, or did it come after you started writing mm -hmm. newsletters? Because writing is quite different yeah. to, I guess, what you do at school and yeah. what you do at med school as well. No, um, I didn't know I always enjoyed writing because, like you said, a lot of the writing I had done up until my gap year was very formal and was very school and curriculum based because the only writing I'd, I'd done was really just like with English literature, English language, all the subjects you do in school. I was never an essay person. I was, as a medical student, who is? Like everyone much prefers the science side of things. No one really enjoys writing essays. And I, I was one of those people and I still am, to be honest. But what I do enjoy is writing about the things I'm interested in. 
And I think everyone would be if they took the time out to do it. I think everyone enjoys writing. I don't think writing is a passion or a skill. I think everyone has something they're interested in. And if you're interested in, you can talk about it. And if you can talk about it, you can put it down on words. So everyone enjoys writing, essentially. And and once I realized that, it was really easy for me because I wasn't, I was developing all my writing skills, but it wasn't like I was using crazy, crazy connectives, crazy sentence structures, super cool formats. It was just me talking about my passion, the way I would talk to my friends about it, and just putting down on, on paper. Because my friends used to always tell me before I even started the blog, when I would talk to them about the things I'd read or the things I had listened to in podcasts or the audiobooks I'd, I'd listened to, I would talk to them about it with so much passion. They would just say, like, other people need to hear this. You should just put this down on paper and just, like, send it out just exactly word for word how you're talking about it because the passion is coming through. And I didn't really listen to them at that point because I had so much going on. But then during my gap year, I took time to reflect on that and I thought, hey, why not give it a shot? So write, I never really thought about, thought about it as writing. I just thought it about it as me typing up things that I'm passionate about. Great. Yeah, that's great. And I realize that you're also you know, telling people that anyone can write if they want to um, give it yeah. a try that's that's awesome because it can be quite daunting like some people like you said they they might think that they don't write well or they don't enjoy writing yes it's, it's quite mm. it's very different yeah and i mean really, I, I don't yeah. think i think there's there's good writers and then there's less good writers but you're not a bad writer because if you yeah. can talk about your passions you can write it down and if you're genuinely passionate about it it will come through through your words um and then at, the more you write the better your sentence structure gets the better the format of your writing gets the better your paragraph and sent and the way you format things your headings where you put certain images that all comes with time no one has that initially no one is born a good writer they have to develop on those skills some people are born good sportsmen good medics and like you have a natural talent for something but i think with writing it really is a craft that you have to keep working on and even myself I'm definitely nowhere near some of the top people and I think literally just opening up opening up word document or medium and just typing out brain vomit onto a word document about something that you're really passionate about or something that you read recently and just constantly doing that I'm sure if you did that five times one of those is worth worth a really good blog post And how did you find transitioning to Instagram? Because I'll tell you one thing, when I started Instagram, it was all about one photo, very long caption, and mm -hmm. then post. And which is what I loved, because I loved writing long caption. Now, obviously, Instagram transitions into more videos, carousels, yeah. and everything. It's just very different to what it was, for, I think, four years ago when I started. Mm -hmm. How about you? What did you think about? I think to this day, Instagram is a tough platform to understand and really grasp on. I, I still don't really get it um, because, like you said, there are so many different formats to how you can post. That's through videos, pictures, um, slideshows, stories. There's so much you can do. It's a bit difficult to know what best attracts, what best like correlates to your audience um, because I know loads of people who are so good at it. I know loads of people who solely post pictures and just have long captions and they do, they're amazing at it. And some people who only post reels and have no captions, etc. So I don't think there's one way to conquer the platform. It's definitely a, a trial and error to see what you're good at. But I think 
what my favorite transition has been so far has been my transition to TikTok. Um, cause I'm, I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying TikTok right now. You, there's a lot more flexibility to do what you want. I think with Instagram, it's, it's a lot more formal. People want a, a strict feed and they want to really promote things in a systematic order. And it's kind of like a, an art page, Instagram, whereas TikTok is just a bunch of content that you want to throw up on your page and people don't really care how it looks or how nice it flows. It's just, if it's a good video, you can sit down in front of your phone, tell, tell your best three tips to do well in first year medical school and TikTok will edit it all for you and you just press post and you can do really well. And I think that's something they've done so well is the algorithm work with TikTok. It's with, with Instagram, you, sometimes you don't reach out to the audience the way you want to, but with TikTok, they really make sure that the algorithm plays to your advantage. And that's been really helpful for me because I've been on, I've only been on TikTok about, I'd say less than a year. Thankfully, I've already accumulated, I think over 350,000 likes because it's just like, I kind of, I kind of understand the way the algorithm works. It's not about how pretty your page looks or how amazing your caption is it's like the quality of the video and the content of the video and I think especially with things like my blog posts and the things that I am passionate about that passion comes through the videos and people see that and people really resonate with that so yeah I think that transition to TikTok has been really good for me so you can see me on TikTok a lot more often nowadays that's great that's really interesting and it's really interesting that you really enjoy you know the long format of writing but also the different completely different for, uh, format of visual and videos on TikTok mm-hmm. so that's that's great that you discovered something else that you enjoy as well awesome what do you think are like the best thing and the worst things about um, blogs and social media um that's a good question I'd say I'll start off with, with something I don't really like or the worst thing essentially um as a med student there's a lot of like it's it's a nice thing to see loads of different med students from those different universities now sharing their story and like teaching the next generation how they can do best and mm-hmm. taking people through their failures and their successes because I think it's such an amazing thing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable to strangers because if you don't do well in exams or you don't do you you're having a really hard time in medical school you kind of have to share that with the audience because they're going to ask questions and putting yourself out there like that is an amazing thing because you are helping people in a similar situation but I think sometimes it can take a turn for the worst because you can kind of put on a facade that you may not really be true that may not really be true and you may be being a bit artificial with yourself I think a lot of aspiring medics and a lot of people who do look up to certain people on Instagram it can become a bit toxic because they may be showing a life that they don't necessarily believe in and it's very easy to be fake on social media, mm. especially with the way people can edit nowadays and we see all of everything going on with AI. It's definitely easy to show a life that you, that you might not be living. Let's say, you know, people love the word toxic productivity. And I think it's true yeah. because you can collate different clips from multiple different days within the week or and put them all in together and make it a day in the life. And people think that they, they may not be doing enough within their days and so that can be quite a toxic side is when it comes to that toxic productivity but like I said some of the best stuff is some of the best stuff from my perspective is when I do get those messages from aspiring medical students who reach out to me and say hey 
I downloaded your ebook a few months ago and I've just received my first offer. Thank you so much. Being able to do something like so passively for me, I made that ebook over nearly three years ago now, over two years ago. And to this day, I'm still able, I'm still getting those messages every application cycle. And that's really fulfilling and rewarding for me because it wasn't something that I was looking into, like I said before, and I wanted all these thousands of people to view it every year and make it such a big thing. But the fact that it has become that is amazing. And it's such a big thing to get into medical school and fulfill that dream of yours. And even if I had the smallest percentage and the smallest little change to make them reach that goal, that's enough for me. And I think that's such an amazing thing. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Thank you for sharing. I also see that you do some collaboration writing for other um, like different blogs. Um, do you want to yeah. tell us a bit about that as well? That's quite fun. Yeah. So when I first started writing, it was actually my first collaboration. I was with the guys at, at Scrubbed In. I'm sure you've probably heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Amson, Amson Abdul, who runs Scrubbed In and now have um, the, their whole platform at Peer. Um, yes. I was a really big fan of Scrubbed In before I had gotten into medical school. And once I had gotten in and my uh, blog started um, gaining some traction, there was Ams actually who reached out to me and said, hey, I, I like your stuff, I like your writing, would you just want to write a, a weekly post on our Instagram page just for the experience and for the exposure? And 100% as a uh, someone who's such a big fan of them, I jumped on the opportunity. And I, from there, I was writing for them every week for about nearly a year. So I was doing Monday mementos and little snippets on their Instagram to just mm-hmm. sort of boost their social media platform. And that was really good for me and for my exposure and my writing skills. And just having that relationship with them, I think, is so valuable. And when they did make that transition into their uh, educating platform peer.io now we had actually had talks over zoom all the time about it i remember him drafting me the idea of uh, opening up a platform like that months before it was even a website or a thing and he had drafted that to me i loved the idea i said i want to be a part of it and he said yeah you can work on some of the marketing some of the social media so some of the first ever posts on peer if you look back at their instagram you'll see the tag is me. So I was sort of helping them launch that through their social media. I was working with them for a bit on that. Um, At the moment, I'm not in direct collaboration with them because I have a lot going on at medical school and I have a lot going on with my platform. So we've both kind of taken a step back, but I'll definitely hopefully um, be involved with a lot more of their stuff in the future. And kind of from there, from the exposure I got from that allowed other companies to reach out to me and, I was reaching out to them and writing for them. Um, I remember the first sort of big break I got was with this podcast called Freshly Grounded. It's just like a spiritual productivity podcast. Yeah, they've changed their website now. I think they're making a new website. But their first ever website where they wanted blog writers to come out and start writing on their page, I applied for it and then I thankfully got it. So I, I was right. I wrote a few blogs on their initial website back in the day. And that was really amazing for me as well because like similar to Scrubbed In, I was a really big fan of them and having reached out to them to write on their blog page, meeting with the CEO and help, and him allowing me to write on his website directly was an amazing thing and I, I still thank him to this day. 
And then from there, it kind of just grew and grew and grew. And other companies were reaching out to me. I was reaching out to people that I was a fan of and I thought that I would never get a response from in the past. And just anything I was essentially passionate about, I would just pitch the idea to write on their blog about and a lot of the companies would take it. Whether that's about um, the political injustices within Palestine and the Middle East or about medical school when it comes to scrubbed in or about spirituality with Freshly Grounded or about the medication application process with the Medic Circle and all the all other medical programs in terms of the application process, the biceps guide, etc. I have a lot of different lanes which I'm passionate about. Mm, it's not yeah. just medical school. So and I feel like I can contribute to the different companies, social media page and blog pages that I am passionate about. So why not? So I don't want to na- yeah. um, keep my path narrow to just medicine. That's great. And that, that fits really well with the theme of the podcast, which, you know, is mm-hmm. about exploring all the things that you're interested in and not, like you said, limiting yourself to just medicine. Although medicine can get really busy and medical is yeah. really busy, allowing yourself to explore other things and continue your hobbies and projects on the side. So that's mm-hmm. great. Um, awesome that you have, yet, like you said, all these different avenues of interest. I wonder um, if you'd be happy to tell us a bit more about, um, because you mentioned spirituality, and how mm-hmm. does that fit in with medical school and how are you able to balance your spirituality and med school, if you're okay to tell us a bit more yeah. about that? No, no, definitely, of course. Um, so I grew up in a, an Islamic household and I, I would say when it comes to religion and spirituality, you, you need something in medical school to ground you and to keep you at peace when things do get really tough and chaotic because one thing I can promise you about medical school, I don't know about the curriculum you have or how your exams are, but I can promise you no matter what and where you go, it will get chaotic and it will get stressful and you will feel like you're breaking down. And having that thought and the idea that that will, that will happen to any medical student knowing that there's always something to lean back on and fall onto like a safety net my my religion and my sort of connection with god and the spirituality that i have does act as my safety net in medical school because i know that no matter how hard it gets or how stressful exam season can be or how worrying placement can be how how being on the wards can be really stressful and you really don't know what you're doing sometimes no matter how all of that is like when you do have a spirituality in your life and you do have an outlet you'll always know that you're doing the right thing and you're exactly where you want to be there's not much that can overcome you because it's a comforting sense that things will when you know things will get stressful but that's exactly what's meant to be happening right now and at the end you are where you where you where you're meant to be essentially that only comes with spirituality and that connection with God and having an outlet, essentially. And I think that's so useful at medical school. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's really important as well. And I think everyone can express that differently from their own you know, cultures and religion. But that's really, yeah. really important to mention as well. Uh, we haven't talked about that before in the podcast, so I think it was, it was nice to just chat a bit more about that. Great. Yeah. Awesome. I am now going to turn to Madiha, uh, who's our new 
collaborating on with a medical student who we're going to ask you a couple of questions before we finish off as well. I've really enjoyed like listening in on the background and like hearing your story. Just a couple of questions from me. So what sort of advice would you give to medical students or like your 16 or 18 year old self when like going through medical school or also just like exploring other passions and like writing as well? Um, that's a good question. I would say if I was to look back at my 16 or 18 year old self and speak to someone who was looking to get into medical school the same time I was, I would say that you, it's not going to be easy and you have to really reflect on the reasons why you want to do medicine and why you want to pursue this career path. Because if you're in it for the wrong reasons, you will just end up breaking down in the middle of it and want to do something else. Um, and it's better to establish that earlier on than later. I would say to an aspiring medic, get as much exposure as you possibly can to the career itself and really understand if this is something that you want to do. Because during my initial application, as like I said before, I didn't have much work experience. But when I reapplied after my gap year, I was able to get work experience in a hospital, in a GP, in a care home. I was able to see how doctors really did their, live their life on the front lines. And even after that, it was something I was really interested in, something I was, I was really wanted to do. In the, and I think if you don't have that and you're going into this career, it can be really damaging for your future. So especially with everything going on right now and all the strikes, you have to really understand if this is something you want to pursue and then pursue it. Don't pursue it and then understand the realities later. Another big thing I would tell someone that age especially from my perspective, is don't lose the things that give you that fire and don't lose the things that really that you're really interested in because you can get so caught up in the application process and wanting to get into medical school that your life sort of revolves around it. And if you really do want to get in the same way I did, you can sometimes jeopardize the life you have outside of medicine. But Without that life, there is no medicine, essentially. So I would say really hold on to the things that give you that fire and give you that drive in life that doesn't come from school. What are you doing outside of school and outside of your application process that you really enjoy and that gives you a thrill? Don't lose that because I promise you, your the lectures and the group work and the dissections during university won't help you get out of bed. Um, they'll just want to make you stay in bed longer. You need things that are going to help you get out of bed and things that you can really, really look forward to during the day. If you have one of your interests planned, like a sport or a hobby after university or after lectures, that will motivate you to get, get you out of bed and really push through the day because it, you will have hard days, you will have easy days. And during those hard days, you need something to fall back on that you really do enjoy and that gives you that thrill and that fire. And if you don't, you're really going to crumble. So don't lose those things that give you that that fire essentially yeah that's really great advice especially for like aspiring medics and also um medical students there's just like another yeah. question that we have so do you have yeah. any sort of resources to recommend to our listeners to like help mm -hmm. like stay motivated and like so in terms of resources if you're an aspiring medic I'm not biased at all, but I would definitely recommend my ebooks. 
um, <laughs> growing up from like a state school background with not much resources available to myself, all I could really see around me was all these expensive courses and these expensive uh, books online and these online lectures that you had to pay for. And I just felt like it was kind of a pay to win program and medicine really shouldn't be like that. So I really do believe in terms of resources, try, you don't need to pay for any resources to get into medical school. I paid a total of zero pounds to achieve all my offers at medical school. And I think everyone should be able to do that. So, so if you do find yourself having to break the bank to get into medical school, that really shouldn't be the case and reach out to me, please. And I can really um, signpost you to a lot of really good free resources and I could give you some of my own as well. So, and in terms of current medical students or people just essentially looking for that side project and being able to balance their time, I'm a big advocate of Notion. I really do like Notion. Um, I've, I've tried, I've sort of trialed and errored everything when it comes to resources at medical school. And I think Notion works the best for my lifestyle when it comes to um, collating your notes, active recall, and even organizing your life. You're not able to only create your medical school notes on Notion and have a system where you can recall that information regularly. You can also create timetables and journals and schedules on there where you can implement the other things that you're interested in. Because, you know, as my brand sort of symbolizes, I really do advocate doing other things outside of your degree and outside of medical school. And the only way to do that is to be organized because medical school is overwhelming. You'll be in uni nine to six some days and you'll ask yourself, when do I have the time to do the things that I enjoy and the things that I'm really interested in? That comes from organization and, and time management. And the best way to do that is having a planner, is having a hub where you can jot down everything you want to do and feed it in throughout the week. And the best way to do that for me is Notion, to be honest. And another really big resource that I think people kind of overlook is the people around you. The biggest resource I've gained from medical school has been my friends. And I'm not calling my friends a resource, but I'm just saying that when I'm want help with time management I want help with organization I want help with my mental health the first people I go to outside of Google and Notion it's going to be my friends I'm going to ask my my, my friends and the people that I live with and the people that you're on the, you, the, the the colleagues you have in on your course they are most likely going through the exact same thing so I would say the biggest resource at medical school when you are facing that trouble are, is the people around you because nine out of ten times they'll feel the exact same way yeah, that's definitely really important to always reach out to people, especially at my course school can be like, really difficult. Great, Sen. I think we're coming to the end of this episode. So thank you so much, Abdullah, for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. It's so interesting. Is there anything you wanted to add or mention before we um, say goodbye to everyone? Um, not specifically. I just wanted to say if you are looking into medicine and you're struggling to find your path, just please do reach out to me. I may take a little bit to get back to your DM. So I do apologize about that, but I will um, message back. So I just want people out there to know that if you kind of are feeling lost in medical school or even as an aspiring medic and you kind of don't know which direction you want to go in, please do reach out. Great. That's awesome. And thank you so much again for joining us and taking the time out of your 
busy schedule at med school and everything else no worries. to record with us great and i'll put your uh, instagram handle and tiktok and everything else that you want me to just share with everyone in the description of the episode so that people can Perfect. find it great thank you so so much again and thank you all thank you. for listening see you guys in the next episode thank you guys Bye-bye.